The following is a hoop ball presentation. Hello and welcome back to the Sports Ethos Atlanta Hawks Team Covers Podcast, formerly known as Hoop Ball Hawks. We cover everything regarding the Atlanta Hawks. I'm your host, Brad Harden, recording live from Atlanta, Georgia, the day after an amazing win. Yes, we blew a lead in the fourth quarter, but the Hawks won the game in overtime on a buzzer beater at the end of overtime after Bogey fouls DeMar DeRozan beyond the three-point line, gives him three free throw attempts. He makes all three to go up by one. 0.5 seconds left, an inbound pass by Jalen Johnson drawn up by associate head coach Joe Prunty to the other former Blue Devil, A.J. Griffin, to shoot a turnaround jump shot about four feet from the rim with a defender on him to win the game. The rookie's second game winner of the season. He's the second rookie in NBA history to do that. Last rookie being Tony Kuko in the 93-94 season for the Chicago Bulls. And ironically, it was over the Chicago Bulls that A.J. Griffin makes this crazy game-winning shot. And even though they fell to Brooklyn the last time we recorded, the Brooklyn Nets game was that night. The Hawks have been playing better team basketball and have had tremendous fighting effort. And that's what carried over into Sunday's overtime win over the Bulls. And there were some good things that I saw in that next game. And they're starting to reestablish good habits and playing the right way. And they just couldn't get it done Friday night, even though it was a tremendous effort going against KD and Kyrie and the boys up in Brooklyn. But... It did not discourage them. They brought that forth to last night's game at home against the Bulls. And the results came in their favor this time. The Hawks have found trust finally. And they're figuring out that trust leads to team basketball, which helps enable others to be confident in moments like Jalen Johnson, a second-year player, inbounding the ball to A.J. Griffin, a first-year player who was confident enough to shoot that game winner. Both of them executing the play in the final minutes. Shout-out to Jalen Johnson. Shout-out to Coach McMillan imploring Trey Young to call a timeout if he did not see something. Trey Young was the original inbounder. They had a timeout left. They called a timeout, changed things up, made Jalen Johnson a taller player be the inbounder, and the rest is history. And the inbound play was drawn up by Joe Prunty. So trust at the top. Damon Millen enabling his lead assistant, Joe Prunty, to draw up that play. Trust in the players for executing the play. Trust in the young guys to go out there in a big role to do it. So, And that's going to be the theme of this episode. It's just trust. That's what we're seeing. Even trust in enabling Bogey, you know, coming back from knee surgery, riding the ups and downs of rehab, and even some bumps coming back onto the floor. We knew that it was going to be 
a little bit of some rust that he's going to have to shake off, but boy, has he shaken it off because he's had two monster back-to-back -back games, first in Brooklyn and last night as well. He was probably the MVP of last night outside of A.J. Griffin, who made the game-winning shot. Trust in DeAndre Hunter, who returned last night from injury. And down the stretch, he came up big, making some shots and defending at a high level. And he was the defensive player of the game for the Hawks in the locker room. Trust in Trent Forrest, G League player, getting called up and making winning plays. And then who's at the center of all this trust outside of Eggman Miller? Trey Young, who I was very critical of as far as not having strong leadership skills and needing to develop that faster, especially with all these injuries on the team and people having to step up, you know, next man up. And he has done a great job the last two games getting others involved, enabling his teammates. And like I said, it's a top-down approach. And that's what helped the Hawks win this game. Trust, enabling your teammates, leadership, that rose to the top in crucial moments. I mean, even Nate McMillan in the post game last night talked about trust. And this theme of trust started with DeJounte Murray's postgame interview calling out the team in a way as far as we need to trust each other. I had trust as far as Murray saying I had trust because I saw the work that these young guys have put in and these role players have been putting in. So he knew that when their number was called, in big moments, he could trust them to make the play. And even David Mellon was talking about trust as far as trust that your teammates, when they're gonna when they get an open look, to take the shot. Even if they miss it, keep having trust in them. Keep enabling them. And and I'm gonna write my first blog story so you guys be on the lookout for that about this thing. But that was my biggest takeaway from the last two games is just the Hawks are redeveloping trust, and they're going to need this going forward, no matter who is on the court, to help right this ship that wasn't sinking too, too far below the surface. I mean, they never got below 500, so that's a positive sign. And now the Hawks are back above 500 at 14 and 13, sixth in the Eastern Conference, and they end their three-game skid after last night. So just a lot of great positives to take away. Um, I know somebody on Twitter was talking about uh, how Bogey did get that foul to send DeMar DeRozan to the free throw line. And they and a couple people thought it wasn't a foul. But when you looked at the replay, you saw why they called it. And some people were like, well, why didn't Nathan Mellon challenge that? And if he would have challenged that, I don't think he would have won a challenge. And the Hawks would have one less timeout to not be able to call the timeout when they couldn't get the inbound in with Trey Young to make the ultimate change to put Jalen Johnson there, which led to the game-winning play. And I tweeted this as well. Damn if you do, damn if you don't. You got to give Navy Millen credit for how he managed the game last night. People were on him about why is Bogey not in in the middle part of the fourth quarter. What did he do? He put him back in. I mean, this is a guy in Bogey who, yes, he was hot, but he just came off of knee surgery and they have to bring him along slowly uh which has now led to him you know and i'm gonna talk about it a little bit later he's gonna be out tonight against the memphis grizzlies due to you know managing that knee bring him along slowly 
But in that same breath, that was a game last night that the Hawks needed. You're at home. The Bulls are three, four games below 500. You got to get the win. That was a Bulls team that was on a two-game winning streak. We were on a three-game losing streak. We had to break the streak. And it's the second out of a back-to-back tonight. We're going to have quite a few players who are on the injury report right now who may or may not play. So, and it's against the Grizzlies, second place in the Western Conference right now. It's going to be a tough sledding. Less people available. Bogey's already deemed out for tonight. So, you needed to get last night's win, and you'll see where the chips fall for tonight's game. But a great, great win. And like I said, it started in that Nets game. So, we're going to talk quickly about both games that the Hawks just had preview tonight's game but first this quick plug okay listeners it's time to talk a little fantasy hoops now i don't know about you i'm in several fantasy leagues and every fantasy league that you are in you have a rival pokemon ash ketchum had gary and i know you have your gary out there so it's time to beat gary and get the insight that you need to take your stuff to the next level and win a fantasy basketball championship. Do you remember who led you to Tyrese Halliburton, DeJounte Murray, Terry Rozier, and Mikhail Bridges before any other rank list? I know which one. It's the Brewskis 150. And you probably turned those huge wins into some cash or a fantasy basketball championship. This year, the Brewski 150 is on sale for a limited time. And Ethos 360 subscribers can get access in less than a week. Head to sportsethos.com and click on the premium tab to grab membership information or the draft guide today. And yes, to answer your most important question, the Brewski 150 is included in both options. Check back daily for more new features and go dominate your leagues. Beat Gary with the help of Sports Ethos. All right, and we are back. Friday night, the Hawks lost up in Brooklyn, 120-116. to And don't let the points scored by Brooklyn fool you. It was a really good defensive performance by the Hawks. I mean, they were communicating, they were connected, and even though the outcome wasn't in their favor, it was that team basketball that we saw them play against the Nuggets that had me really, really excited. And with even though without DeJounte Murray and insert Trey Young, they were able to recapture that focus and that teamwork that was really needed. I mean, this was a very close game, a very close game. And I think I'm looking at the recap now. I don't think the Nets got too big of a lead at any point in the game. I think it was fairly close um, to my to my knowledge for the, for most of the game. And looking at it, uh, the Nets did get it up to 12, but... The Hawks continue to just fight and fight and fight. And then when you look at the team numbers, uh, the Hawks shot fairly well from the floor, just under 50% from the floor. Nets shot 54%. 
34.5% from three, not a little bit higher than their season average. 43% from three from the Nets. Obviously, not the greatest, but you got to remember who the Nets have. And just like I tweeted yesterday talking about DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine, those guys are professional scorers. They're just going to make shots. Same thing with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. They are just going to make shots. They're matchup nightmares, and it is what it is a lot of times. And you can do your best, and they're still going to score. They're just professional scorers in the NBA, which is why they are all NBA type players, NBA all stars for many years in this league, and will continue to do so as long as they play at this level. Hawks did not get out rebounded. The rebounds were tied 38 to 38, but I feel like the Nets had very impactful rebounds, especially down the stretch to get them second and third chances. And famously, the last possession for the Nets or the, last, the second to last possession for the Nets where the Hawks played good defense, forced tough shots. They missed them as far as the Nets are concerned. They missed those shots but kept getting the rebounds. And even though it was tied, I said the Nets feel like they had more impactful rebounds down the stretch. 21 team assists, not bad for the Hawks. 30 for the Nets. Hawks had 20 forced 21 turnovers and scored 29 points off those turnovers for Brooklyn, which was good, but they committed 18 turnovers themselves and the Nets scored 19 points off those turnovers. So a few less turnovers, better boxing out, a couple of more free throw attempts. They had 16 free throw attempts to the Nets 21. The Hawks did really well scoring in the pain. They did really well in the fast break, but like I said, it just came down to a couple possessions down the stretch in late game execution that the Hawks fell short of executing in Brooklyn. And it is what it is. It is what it is. But there was some real positive takeaway. Like I said, the connectivity on defense, the communication. Uh, Trey Young had a really good game. 33 points, 9 assists. He hit all 7 of his free throw attempts. Uh, and even though he had 33 points on 25 shots, with the injuries that they had, they needed all of those shots. And they needed all of his points. Now, eight turnovers from Trey Young. If he had five, maybe they win the game. Four, maybe they definitely win the game. That's going to be the story with him pretty much all year is, and with DeJounte Murray, is can you take care of the ball as the primary ball handlers, it is demanded for from you if you're going to be the primary ball handler to take care of the ball and then and execute and initiate the offense. But certainly Trey Young gave them a chance with his scoring inability to pass the ball around. The Hawks had four players, sorry, five players in double digits. The big takeaway from Friday was Bogey had another one of those games where he was just unconscious from the floor, just absolutely unconscious. Had the highest plus minus on the team Friday night. And when you look at his numbers, you see why. 31 points. He was 12 of 18 shooting from the floor, 7 of 9 from 3. Added 2 rebounds, 3 assists, 1 steal, only 2 turnovers. 
great game. He was truly the lift that the Hawks needed offensively. Because in, in the starting lineup, Clint Capella did have double digits, 15 points, 11 rebounds, one assist, one steal, one block. Adrian Griffin had 10, not an efficient night, 4 of 11 shooting from the floor. Added two rebounds, two assists, one steal. Three turnovers from A.J. Griffin. Jalen Johnson only gave you two points, seven rebounds, two assists. Not a great offensive game, but he had a tough defensive assignment having the tall, tall task of guarding Kevin Durant. And Aaron Holliday was in the starting lineup on Friday night, scored four points, added three steals, one assist, two rebounds. And on the bench, Okongu, six points, seven rebounds, one steal. He was plus three as far as plus minus goes on Friday. Trent Forrest, he continues to impress a lot of people, including Damon Millen, who is giving him more and more minutes. He is our two-way player. Well, one of our two-way players. And he has been playing very well on both ends of the floor. The thing I like about Forrest is that he makes winning plays. He's a bigger guard, so you can trust him on defense with physicality. But he also is a really good communicator on the defensive end. That's one of the things that I've noticed is how much he talks on the floor. And I think him talking on the floor is what's getting him more minutes and keeping him on the floor in games. I mean, he played 28 minutes on Friday night, and I know he played a lot of minutes in last night game against the Bulls. In 28 minutes on Friday night, he had 11 points. He was 5 of 7 from the floor, added 3 assists, 2 rebounds, 2 steals, only 1 turnover. So he's been giving them very, very valuable minutes off the bench. Uh, Jared Culver had 4 points off the bench and added 4 rebounds on Friday night. Team effort, team effort. If they could have had a couple more shots made, a couple less turnovers, uh, little things, a little bit better execution down the stretch. It was the little things on Friday, even though they gave effort and they fought, played great team basketball, were communicating, and the ball was moving around. It was those little things that could not get them over the hump, which ultimately led them to lose on Friday night. And, I mean, there was it was almost the little things last night as well. I mean, the Hawks did blow a second-half lead for the Bulls to have a chance to win the game before Trey Young hit the shot towards the end of regulation to put it in overtime. But certainly, it was we thought it was going to be some hard lessons again learned. I mean, that foul that Bokey committed on DeMar DeRozan, uh, which is just a cardinal sin. You can't foul a three-point shooter and give him three free throw attempts. I <laughs> chucked it up and was like, man, that's going to be a tough pill to swallow. They fought hard last night, hard to try to get that win, and they did ultimately. But little things, late-game execution, um, getting stagnant on offense at times, some defensive lapses. I, I talked about and I tweeted yesterday, the big key for the Hawks was to force the Bulls to shoot more threes. And and all in all, they're not a great three-point shooting team. The Bulls like to get into the mid-range. When you have DeMar and Levine, they want to get to the mid-range and they want to get to the cup. You have to protect the paint. 
keep them in front and force them to take some low percentage shots away from the basket. And down the stretch, as they got a little winded, it was almost a free pass at times to the basket. And certainly I was just like, not like this, not like this. Because both teams competed. And it was the second out of a back-to-back for the Bulls. So I kept waiting for, will the legs continue to get heavier for the Bulls? And will they falter? But no, they kept fighting. They were, especially in that fourth quarter, they were phenomenal. I mean, they outscored the Hawks by seven in the fourth. And they competed in overtime. I mean, the Hawks only outscored the Bulls by one point in overtime. And there were moments where the Hawks could have really put away the Bulls, but they just kept fighting, kept making tough shots, especially Zach Levine in that uh, overtime who didn't really get the ball in the fourth quarter. It was DeMar DeRozan's show. And then DeMar DeRozan closed in the end of that overtime. And you thought that when he hit those three free throws, that was going to be over. But lo and behold, obviously, the rookie A.J. Griffin gets that game-winning basket that will be talked about for probably years to come. Uh, that was huge. They talked about it on the broadcast. That fourth quarter and overtime period was probably the biggest end of the game for the Hawks to this point in the season because losing this game would have put them at four straight games losing. And then you're on the road for three straight games. And this could have got much uglier. Much uglier. Especially when you have a back-to-back after playing an overtime game last night against the Grizzlies. They're going to be even more shorthanded tonight. So it was imperative that the Hawks get that win last night. And I'm so glad they did. I'm so glad they did. When you look at the numbers, both teams shot 48% from the floor. Hawks won three-point percentage. As far as last night, 33% from three, knocked down 13 threes. Free throws, Bulls were 19 of 23. Hawks were 16 of 21. Missed a couple more, well, one more free throw than the Bulls. They were out-rebounded by the Bulls, 53-45. Both teams had 28 team assists. The ball was moving very well for the Hawks last night. 11 steals for the Bulls last night. 19 turnovers for the Bulls. Hawks scored 23 points off those turnovers. 15 turnovers for the Hawks. Bulls scored 17 points off of those. The Bulls won points in the paint, 64-56, which was not a surprise. Hawks had a 12-point lead at one point in last night's game. Uh, But ultimately, they got the dub, and that's all that matters. They held off a 34-point performance, 13 rebounds, 8 assists from DeMar DeRozan. Uh, Zach Levine, 21 points last night. Uh, Vooch struggled, but ended up with 13 points, 8 rebounds, 2 of steals. Uh, Derrick Jones Jr. was an X-Factor, along with Drummond off the bench. They both had 14 points. Uh, Drummond was killing them on the glass and also had 5 steals last night. And Jones was just having some real impactful plays down the stretch. Had 2 steals, 3 blocks himself. Kobe White with some 3s last night that were big. 12 points for him, but on the flip side for the Hawks, six players in double digits. The leading scorer last night was Bogey again, 28 points, 10 of 22 shooting from the floor, knocked down six three-pointers, added seven rebounds, five assists last night, one block, three steals. Trey Young, not the best offensive night, 
But that's why you have Bogey, and they were playing really great team basketball, and including himself, who had 14 assists last night. Played great team basketball. They did a really good job of when Trey Young was not making his shots, other people were stepping up. And if you're Trey Young, that should give you some confidence and even more trust in your teammates that they got your back. They got your back and you had their back, giving them opportunities to score the basketball. 19 points, 14 assists for Trey Young, 5 of 18 from the floor, 2 of 8 from 3, 7 of 9 from the free throw line, 6 turnovers. Like that number to be 5 or under, preferably 3, but... We're trying to hike that number back down as far as turnovers are concerned. I mean, he's trying to, you know, pass the ball, trying to force things maybe a little too much at times, but his teammates had his back. Bogey certainly had their back, knocking down shot after shot after shot. It's great. To, it's so great to have him back. And it was great to have DeAndre Hunter, who was back last night. First game back after that hip injury that kept him out for a little over a week. 16 points for him, 7 of 13 from the floor, 2 of 4 from 3. He was really big down the stretch, really getting to the mid-range, into his spots, and knocking down some tough jumpers over some defenders. And it's just it was just great to have him and Bogey back. I tweeted it last night. I can't say it enough. Just great to have them back. And DeAndre Hunter was not on the injury report, as I saw earlier today. So we can't expect him tonight, and he's going to need to be big tonight for them. Just like A.J. Griffin was big last night, 17 points for him, 7 to 17 from the floor, 2 of 11 from 3. Um, I think a little too many threes, but you know he can shoot that and make that. So you'll take that, obviously. But still ended up with 17 points, added 2 rebounds, 2 assists, 1 block. Clint Capella with another double-double. He leads the team in double-doubles this year. 15 points, 14 rebounds, one assist, one steal, one block. He was 7-9 from the floor. Uh, Trent Forrest, again, he got the start last night instead of Aaron Holiday. Played 34 minutes, scored seven points in those minutes. Added three rebounds, two assists, and two blocks for the two-way guard. He's been playing very well, and who else? Had a really good game last night that not too many people are talking about. And it was his birthday, so happy belated birthday, Onyeka Okongu. He celebrated his birthday, one, getting a win, celebrating with his teammates, but also having a good game himself. 14 points, 6 of 8 from the floor. He was 2 of 3 from the free throw line. Added 9 rebounds, 1 assist, 1 steal last night. And Aaron Holiday had 6 points off the bench. Truly a team effort and like I said the big thing was trust everybody trusting each other picking each other up playing real team basketball that's what it, it's truly all about enabling others and we're seeing the return on investment when you do enable others and trust others and speak life into others games and their abilities um I talked about Neymar Millen enabling Joe Prunty to drop that play, and it worked. I like to see more of that, and I tweeted that out last night. You're seeing elevated play from AJ Griffin. You got Jalen Johnson. Um, he did have only one point last night, but he had the big assist at the end of the game. Obviously, two set up 
A.J. Griffin on that game-winning basket. But he continues to play well on the defensive end himself. And the odd man out is Justin Holiday. And a lot of people are like, I don't want Justin Holiday to play. I get it. He was taking a lot of shots. A lot of the shots that he was taking, Bogey is taking now. And rightfully so. Because, I mean, look at what we've seen from the last two games from Bogey. And I said, if A.J. Griffin continues to elevate his play, he's going to take Justin Holiday's minutes. And we're seeing that as of late. Justin Holiday playing less and less. And he was out for COVID. And maybe they are trying to bring him along slowly. Um, maybe he's having some you know, conditioning issues from COVID. Who knows? Everyone's symptoms are different. But certainly A.J. Griffin's play is earning him more minutes on both ends of the floor. And he's taking the shots that Justin Holiday were taking. And Bogey is taking those shots now as well. And it was just, wasn't it great to see? Because I thought with Bogey coming back, A.J. Griffin did kind of take a back seat as far as not getting as many touches. And I'm not saying forcing his opportunities, but he wasn't in as much of a rhythm because the of the touches that Bogey was getting more so. Last night, you saw them both be pretty much in rhythm. I mean, although A.J. Griffin was rough on the three-point line last night, still hitting baskets. And that is the best-case scenario when you think about Bogey and A.J. Griffin off the bench. And you have Jalen Johnson who can defend and score occasionally, but he's really good as a rebounder and defender. You have a Congo off the bench. You already have, you know, DeAndre Hunter, who's been consistently scoring 14, 15, 16 points a game this year. Capella's playing even better than last year. He continues to be healthier and healthier, and people are giving him his credit. You got a surprise in Trent Forrest, and you're still without DeJounte Murray and John Collins. This team has the makings. If they play team basketball and trust each other, of being a top six seed easily in the Eastern Conference. I know it's tough. I know it's a shuffle. I mean, when you look at the standings right now, it is a cluster right now. The Hawks are now sixth in the Eastern Conference after last night's win. But look at this. Between the three seed and the 10 seed, there's only five games between. <laughs> and then when you look at the three seed and the 12th seed where the Washington Wizards are, the Bulls, for reference, is the 11 seed from three to 12 is six games, six games. The Hawks are only three games back from Cleveland for the three seed. You're at six right now. Philadelphia and Brooklyn are playing much better basketball right now. They're right above you, but you're only a half a game behind Philadelphia. You're only a game and a half behind Brooklyn. I mean, the Hawks are getting healthier. That's great. There's still key pieces out, but these opportunities that these people are getting with the injuries to the rosters, they're taking advantage of those opportunities, rising to the occasion, and it's giving the Hawks confidence in players in certain situations like down the stretch, you know you can trust A.J. Griffin. You know maybe you need to have Jalen Johnson as your permanent inbounder and late game situations, especially if he continues to execute like that. You know what you're getting in DeAndre Hunter. You know Trey Young's not going to always have this poor of 
shooting nights. Capella's been really consistent. Trent Forrest, you know he can give you some good minutes off the bench. You know what you're going to get from Okongu. Bogey is rounding into form. Now, like I said, he's going to be out for low management, per se, tonight. But you know what you're getting from him. You know what you get get from um, Aaron Holiday. Jared Culver has been giving you good minutes. So you're seeing the full roster finally play, which Nate has been forced to do because you already know his philosophy about playing young guys and keeping a tight rotation. But this has been really good for the Hawks team as a whole to sh- to see what these other players have to give you confidence more so in your roster and say, hey, we've been clowned for the moves that we've been get we've made because of the lack of opportunities we've been giving these players or poor usage of certain players. We're seeing what they can give you and you should be confident in this Hawks team, figuring it out. They got to continue to play team basketball. They got to continue to trust each other. And they're going to have to let Joe Prunty be creative in utilizing Trey Young and DeJounte Murray to enable each other through their play on the court, through some sets and some off-ball movements. But seeing what you have on the roster should give you hope. Like I said, everyone thought the sky was falling with this Losing streak, and it was, I mean, it was a very tough losing streak. A lot of injuries played into that, but just poor basketball, not great team basketball, losing some a lot, some winnable games. But this Hawks team is still figuring out. Now you're figuring out what you have deeper and deeper down the bench, and it gives you some ideas as far as different lineups that Nate's been creative with. And different situations where you can see different players succeeding in. I feel like he's opened his third eye in enabling others, enabling these players on the bench to come in there and get their opportunities, enabling his staff. And trust is what's going to take this team past the first round in the playoffs. You have to trust one another. You have to play team basketball. You have to move the ball around. You have to communicate on defense. You have to be connected and build that continuity. That's what's going to help this team. One thing that I'm going to talk about in my first blog post is the the building of this culture in Atlanta. We're still trying to figure out our identity and build a winning culture. We know the Hawks can win games. But they have to be more consistent in that. And that comes from culture, work, trust, going through the process. All that stuff is going to be work in progress, especially when you keep changing pieces in and out of lineups and ha- dealing with injuries and making moves in the offseason. Wait for this team to get into a rhythm. I think it's going to come sooner rather than later. And these moments with all these injuries where these players getting these opportunities is going to be key going forward because you know DeJounte Murray is going to come back slowly from that ankle injury and so is John Collins continue to see what you have in Okongu and Jalen Johnson continue to feed AJ Griffin continue to get bogey in a rhythm off the bench who I continue to say when healthy he's one of the best six men in the league continue to Give Trent Forrest a menace. Continue to 
you know, implore Trey Young to trust his teammates and continue to work on his shot selection um, and growing in the game as far as a game manager. These are the next steps for this Hawks team. And those two first two games were bad ways to lose in this losing streak. But I think you found something in Brooklyn. You found your, your, your team. You found trust on the court against a really good team, against some elite scorers in the NBA. And although you fell short, you fought to the end. And you could not discredit the effort. And you carry that over to this Bulls game where it wasn't always pretty. There were some bleak moments. There were some real highs and real lows. But that's the product of a semi-young team still trying to figure out how to win on a consistent basis with the pieces at hand. And we must continue to be patient. We have to be patient. We have to weather the storm that is these injuries. But you're seeing what it could be. And not all the pieces are back. So I can't wait to get these pieces back and see um, the direction that this team is going to go. Now, like I said, they're going to be kind of light tonight. Second out of a back-to-back, you travel up to Memphis. This is the start of a three-game road trip. You already know Memphis is good. Second place in the Western Conference right now. The injury report right now is rather lengthy. Uh, it's an 8 p.m. tip-off tonight on NBA TV nationwide and Valley Sports Southeast locally. Injury report right now has Capella questionable with left Achilles soreness. Trey Young is questionable with lower uh, low back tightness. Bogey's going to be out, as I said before, right knee injury management. Uh, and John Collins and DeJounte Murray are still out. You have DeAndre Hunter, who I think is going to be a key in tonight's game. Obviously, A.J. Griffin, I think he's going to be huge. If you're going to pull off the upset, Clint Capella is going to need to be big in the paint. They're going to have to protect the paint, keep the Grizzlies out of the paint. It's, it's a tall task, especially when you have John Moran and others. But you're going to have to protect the paint and force them to be a jump shooting team. Someone, whoever's going to be guarding Dylan Brooks, stay attached to him. Uh, speaking of Dylan Brooks, I do need to check out what this injury report is tonight on the Grizzly side. But certainly, like I said, you just got to play Hawks basketball. You got to play team basketball. You have to trust in one another, enable one another, and it's next man up like it's been. Continue to play team basketball and trust each other. Right now, Steven Adams is day-to-day. He has not been a huge impact for the Grizzlies this year, but... That's something to note, and John Moran is day-to-day with injury, too, but I expect him to play tonight, especially if Trey Young is going to be playing. I expect him to play. So, like I said, tough matchup. The Grizzlies are 17-9 and and 11-2 at home, one of the better home teams in the league. It's tough to go to FedEx Forum and get a win. The Hawks have done it in the past, but they were closer to full strength than they are today. So, I just want to go out there and see. I just want to see them compete. Just go out there, compete, give your all. Continue to get these young guy minutes and build this culture. Build the future for the Hawks through these moments like tonight, like last night, like up in Brooklyn. And even in those two losses they had in that game against the Nuggets, these games are all learning and teaching moments 
for this coaching staff, for these young players to implore trust, to implore the hard work, implore defense, whatever is needed to help the team win. These things are going to help reinforce it. And it's going to help you down the stretch when you are battling for playoff seeding. These games matter right now. These games certainly matter. I know there's some people who don't start watching NBA basketball until after college football is over, after the uh, NFL season is over. Some people wait till December, after Christmas. Who knows? But these players have a job. Keep this ship afloat. Keep it afloat. I mean, you drop a game tonight, you could drop down to ninth, eighth. But the schedule is not daunting going forward after this Grizzlies game. I mean, yes, they're on the road, but you have some winnable contests, especially if you are getting healthier and healthier day by day. Because after they take on the Grizzlies on the road, you do go down to Orlando on Wednesday. You you just won up in Orlando two weeks ago. I can see you guys winning again and get revenge on Charlotte after that on Friday night. So two winnable games on the road after tonight. I'm really interested to see how they handle that and who steps up in those games. And then they come back home to take on Orlando again. And then you take on the Bulls again at home. And then you take on the Pistons. Go on the road to Indiana, who has been playing well, but they've been going backwards as of late. Some wonderful games going up, going forward. Continue to build these habits and build trust now. It's going to make things easier down the road. And guys, if you love what you heard from me today, give us five stars. Give us a good review. Share it and tell everybody about one of the best podcasts out here covering the Atlanta Hawks. You know the drill. Share it, fellow Hawks fans, NBA fans, Georgia sports fans, basketball fans. Does not matter. Put them on to the program. Put them on to our Twitter at Ethos Hawks. On Twitter, it's at Ethos Hawks. And then follow myself on Twitter at Brad Jarrett67. That's Brad J A R R E T T 67. As I said, I am working on creating a blog slash website where I'm going to have some corresponding articles talking about certain things throughout the season regarding the Hawks. So stay tuned for that. Notifications will be on my individual Twitter, but also on the team uh, page for Ethos Hawks. Be on the lookout for that. Be on the lookout for your Hawks tonight and see how they compete up in the road in Memphis. It's going to be a tough one, but we're just, like I said, we're just going to go out there. We're going to compete and see what we got. That's all you can do. We'll catch you guys next time. And as always, let's go Hawks.